Hello, it's Jimmy Sam, another Truth Podcast. Hope you're all doing fine. I'm doing great. Looks like it's what, January 20th, 2024? Holy shit. The studio light is on. We are live on the air. Well, kind of. I'm going to be calling up some people. <laughs> we'll be talking together. I got, of course, with me the mighty Brian Bloom. We're going to do, uh, him and I are going to interview the mighty Greg Grote of Supercell. This guy I knew in back in Sandwich. Another one of those bar relationship fellers. <laughs> He's a good guy, big dude. We've had some uh, good times out there drinking it up in uh, Sandwich, Illinois. But yeah, I, I I only know him from there, and I definitely drunkenly tried to get him to sing a couple of times, which he did in karaoke. I always threatened him with a band, but he finally got into one. I don't know if he was in one before. We're going to find this all out together with you, me, and Brian Blue. So let's... uh. Kick that intro and we'll get the party started. All right, we're on the phone. Uh, on the, the phone or jammer, we got uh, Mr. Brian Blue. Yes, sir. There, and we got the mighty Greg Grote. How you doing, sir? Hello, sir. Oh, there you, you sound delightful. Hmm. <laughs> that's amazing. I had this cold for like five weeks, so if I sound amazing, that's great. It's working for you. <laughs> yes. I'm going for that smoky, you know, mysterious sound. So. <laughs> All right. This might be a little clunky for us. It's the first time we're, Brian Blue are uh, both on uh, and interviewing somebody at the same time, but uh, we're going to see how it goes, Greg. Greg, how... Have you been? What's going on? Do we, I think you're in a supercell, right? I am. Fantastic. I was in uh, a couple different bands and uh, stayed out of it for a solid decade. And I was trying to put something together. And a buddy of mine introduced me to another buddy of his. And we got to talking and supercell was getting kicked around and figured out. And then I had good old Travis Pyle, as we all know, Travis and and uh, a couple other fellows approached me and said, hey, would you want to sit in with our Basement Dweller band? And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I really don't know how that's going to work. But did, uh, you know, got to hang out with those group of guys, and they're great. I mean, uh, we created a band called Fafo, and unfortunately, there was a little bit of uh, issues, especially in the drumming ranks of that band, but... Uh, uh, that band's no more, but as our friend Brian here can attest, he got uh, a great addition to his band that was in Fafo. And yeah. Sean. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Sean's a great bass player. And so I miss those guys, but Supercell's been great. We've been going through some from some changes lately. Yeah. And uh, we just picked up a new drummer. His name's Matt. Matt. And uh, he's got some good chops and. The rest of us are still what we've been since the beginning, Woody and, and Ty and myself. And then we have another guitarist, but he's going through some stuff. So we're going to see how that shakes out where he's at. But we're still good as a four-piece. Uh, just wanted that extra depth, but we'll see how that goes. So, yes. Well, Supercell's awesome. great. And uh, we got our first show of the year coming up next Friday. Fantastic, Absolutely. Matt. Let's take it uh, from the beginning, though. I mean, I've known you for a long time. I've always threatened you with a band. From back in the day, we'd always meet up, at, but maybe even celebrations back in the day. But where are you from, and how did you start in the music, and all that kind of good stuff? 
Uh, I'm from Princeton, Illinois. Okay. Born and raised. And then um, I didn't really start singing until I was in like junior high, which some people are like, that's still early. And I'm like, well, I know people that were singing when they walked out of the womb, I think. So <laughs> was that with a band or was that like chorus got you? I mean, where did the, where did the singing come from? It was like, hey, I got these buddies. I'm just going to try to sing this shit. Or were you like trained in chorus and stuff like that? No, it was definitely in school. Um, okay. Our our junior high choir, there was a girl I liked. That's what happens with most guys, I think, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, they don't really want to be in choir, but there's this hot girl or this girl that you're interested in, <laughs> and she's in choir, and you're like, well, maybe if I really want to have a chance to talk to this girl, I should probably join choir. Right and on. So, I really don't know what my mindset was, to be honest with you. I just, uh, I decided to be in choir, and, and, uh, did choir and I was in all the little extra groups and all that stuff. I was in ensembles. I was a an all state honors choir. I did madrigals. I did all that crazy stuff. So oh, right yeah, on. I was yeah, it was a good uh, experience. And then I did a little bit in college and and then I got into my first band experience around nineteen ninety four. What was that? That was something else. <laughs> Excuse me. That's all right. <laughs> uh, no, that was, that was, uh, it was definitely my first experience. Um, a good group of guys. Uh, the drummer was one of the best and he's still playing around the area here. Right. On. Um, and there's, they're, they're just, I've been fortunate enough and I've been in about five or six bands now and, oh, and okay. in the bands I've been in, I've been fortunate enough to play with some extremely, talented people as i think we all have you yeah. know in their own right yeah. and uh, that's the fun part about it is getting a group of guys together you know you're only as strong as your weakest link so you try to power through that and hopefully you get a situation where brian's band where you know anybody can say they're the weakest link and we can all call bullshit and be like <laughs> you guys are great so um well, i mean I very honest throw myself under the blade on that one say yep that's me <laughs> and then, then that way we just don't have to worry about it. Yep. right yeah <laughs> but uh it's it's a fun time you know and uh but out of princeton and then college and the first band it was a band called now keep in mind this is my first band i don't oh, know i'm just the voice of the band up there <laughs> singing some like you know, at that time, I think my audition song was Plush. Okay, right on. You got the Arrow Stone then? Temple and cool. uh, a couple other songs. And we were doing like Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Go My Way? I was singing that. I'm doing Cinnamon Girl. Nice. I mean, I'm doing all sorts of, you know, it was pretty uh, It was pretty broad, I guess, as far as, as musical taste at that time. But it was a good time. I mean, it really was. It was a good experience. We gigged out a little bit. Um, you know, the, the pay back then was like 200 bucks, 300 bucks max oh, when yeah. you're doing a gig. I was happy to have beer money at that point. Right so on. Sure. Hey, I got 25 or I got 50 bucks. Sweet. <laughs> right. <laughs> a whole 50 bucks. <laughs> so for the eight hours of work you put into it, by the time you figure, yeah, Everything's done. prep in the day and get home and go to sleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And that's, uh, you know, as you get older, obviously, as you're saying, things change. So, yeah. But then, uh, you know, I ended up uh, leaving that part of my life. And I think everybody has their time in their life that was like their dark ages. Oh, fuck yeah. I would, I would say, <laughs> <laughs> quite frankly, probably from about 1997, 8 to about 2003 were my dark ages. And 2000. 2003 is when I met you, Jim. 
Oh, right on. Okay. You pulled them right out of it. Look at that. Oh. <laughs> yep. If it wasn't for you, where would I be today? <laughs> but yeah, that's no, fantastic. I, I moved to <laughs> I moved to this area in 2000. Oh, okay. And I had a few rough years when I first moved here, and then uh, things started piecing together. And then around, and then it was uh, 2006. I had uh, um, Jessica and I had been together for a year ish, not even, but we had our daughter Ava, and that changes as you know children and being ever present in your life if it doesn't change you there's something wrong with you right on so and it it, it definitely i think kids in a lot of ways got me um at least on a straighter road path than had i not had them and i i was in a hot mess situation and and i think kids um straighten people out they way, they so. they can thankful for them. <laughs> they can, or you run to Florida. That's about it. <laughs> yes. Well, that's after they're grown. You're like, okay, you're on your own. Bye. <laughs> Why am I in this cold <laughs> shit? <laughs> what were some of your uh, early influences? What got you to? I mean, obviously you were got into singing as a child, but once you got developed your own taste, what was like those first few records or anything you got like that, like that really you know, inspired you? When I've listened to some of your podcasts and I've heard you guys talking about stuff like this, and I'm like, I swear if they ask me about this, <laughs> what were my influences? That's going to be the whole show. The perfect. <laughs> we got time to kill. Uh, Let's hear all about it. No, what's what's some of your frankly, biggies? Well, I mean, I, early years, I remember I can tell people are like, think I'm on crack. I'm like, I can remember <laughs> the first song I remember hearing as a child. Okay. I was like three, four years, I think I was four years old, which would make sense because this is the year that that song came out, which was 1977, was was uh, um, Queen, Damien Rhapsody. That's the first song I can remember, like mm. hearing, like I remember like hearing and liking and I was four years old. Wow. Same year Star Wars came wow. out, by the way. Yeah, yeah 77, right on. And um, Queen's still a, a huge influence. Fantastic. I, I don't know how you can ever say he's not one of the greatest oh, vocalists yeah. Yeah. in history. Uh, that was amazing. Um, the bands that I was influenced by after that were partially because of my brother, Hank. He um, He's nine years older than me, so he was into ACDC and you know, Rush and all, all these different bands that are quite different themselves, but also unique and interesting. And, uh, so that didn't hurt. And then I love the fact that I was an eighties kid because I hate butt rock. I hate all the <laughs> glam hair metal bands, but, um, there is so much to take in, you know, from your, you know, even bands like Striper to, to yes, to, and I'm throwing obscure names. I'm just throwing out whatever's coming to my head right now. But I mean, bands like those, and then you've got like probably the most influential for me in the eighties. One of the most influential was Queensryche. I knew it. Uh, Jeff Tate is one of the most amazing vocalists I've ever heard in my life. Um, That guy's just another one. I mean, I can name off my favorite vocalist, which would probably be a more interesting conversation. Freddie Mercury, for sure. George Michael is one of the greatest vocalists ever as well, in my mind. Wow. Um, you right. know, people people want to talk about, you know, Iron Maiden or this band or this singer or whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of these metal vocalists, now that I'm doing metal, I'm like, how the hell do they do that? 
and they're they're so amazing too i mean but that leads me into um a couple other bands that were that were huge and one for me that i knew metallica through the 80s but i didn't really pay that close attention until injustice for all really okay breakout album album. what really that was the one that i think it was a breakout album for them but that was the one that really caught me caught my attention the song one for sure great song yeah um but then i came across this band that i had heard about but didn't really know and uh this guy dave mustaine wow and i was like there's this album that came out rust in peace yeah right on. and that whole thing is like fire yeah that's gold i, I mean I was nine, 18, I think, when I heard it. Good call. All right. Which you made about right, 1991, yeah. I think. Yeah, there was a and bunch uh, of killer albums that year. <laughs> yeah, that, Jim and that I blew were my just socks talking off. about that one, too, actually, in the last podcast. We, yeah, it was, it, that one was kind of a, definitely from Megadeth, that was like a, whoa, where did this come from? You know what I mean? That was like, they've always kind of stepped it up in the levels. They've, they've plateaued at a time, of course. But, I mean, yeah, from... Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is up, up, up with them. You know what I mean? And I, I, for sure, that was the first one. I was like, whoa, this is kind of, pay attention to this, you know? <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Dave Mustaine is like the Pied Piper of uh, heavy metal. Like, he can't, anybody he taps or anybody that he brings into his world, almost everyone seems to be, like, perfect. Like, fits <laughs> what he's trying to at least get across on this particular song or this particular album. Yeah. Sure. Especially that lineup. Wow. Even his most recent one, it's solid. I mean, these guys, Kiko is (laughs) is ridiculous too, man. So, I mean, there's so much good out there. Um, you know, I could spend hours and hours telling you about influences. I mean, the one album that I think is unheralded from the late nineties that you are the late eighties, I should say, um, that I don't think, this band gets enough credit for is slave to the grind by Skid Row. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've I talked about that. That too. was Fantastic like a bridge album. album. Yep. That was like a bridge album from like hair bands into grunge. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, for me. they could play attitude all that. They really put it together on that album as far as I'm concerned. And then if you want final, like what was the big, you know, a lot of people go back to the eighties when I, when I was in junior high or when I was in high school, <laughs> mine was my freshman year of college, which was the fall of 91. Ooh, 90s. And as you guys were saying, the fall of 91 is when Nirvana's Nevermind came out. When 10 by Pearl Jam came out, uh, bad motor finger by Soundgarden came out. They oh, all okay, came man. out in like a f- few months. Yeah. And it was like a whole new music revival for me as a freshman in college. And I'm like, I go to college and then all this new music comes out and I'm like, what's this? Yeah, that was right. aimed right at you guys. <laughs> like perfect. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, Fucking you missile. pathetic Gen Xers. Here you go. Here's go be sad. <laughs> go forth, smoke a lot of weed and be sad. <laughs> Why not? We have alcohol too. Sure. Do it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, but very so, influential, man. I mean, uh, it took uh, my singer to get me into that 90s stuff a little bit. But man, that is a definitely, I mean, you named three killers there, you know, so did that really uh, help uh, influence you singing too? Were you ever able to uh, sing along to that shit or try and 
belt those sure. guys out. All good. That's fucking incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to belt out Chris Cornell. Yeah. I mean, Chris yeah. Cornell is Chris Cornell, in the, or Lane Staley, for that matter. Yeah, another great. Yeah. Um, I really have tried. I shouldn't say I tried. I just feel like um, the unheralded band of that genre was Stone Temple Pilots. Like, they're much better band and much more talented band than they were ever given credit for because they always tried to say that Scott Weiland tried to sound like Eddie Vedder, and I'm like, I never really got that, but... Yeah, I'm I don't, like, I don't, okay. uh, I don't, yeah, I don't see that connection either. I mean, obviously it's all Seattle-ish type of music, but I mean, sure. but at the same time, yeah, that was a unique band. They tried, like Pearl Jam, they did do their own thing every album, which is always cool. You know, it's like, just keep chugging their own direction, whatever it might be, you know, they just went for it. Yeah. Which I always dig. That was very cool. Oh, yeah. Craig, I got a kind of off the. I mean, it isn't. It, it's. It probably would come up, but I just got to jump it in there right now because I don't want to miss this question with you. Sure. Are you able to write lyrics for original? I mean, I always think that that's kind of automatic with the singer because I got spoiled with with Jared and Five Star Fools. He could just. I could play something, and he's a singer, and he could just belt out some words crazy, and I'm just like. But now I'm getting into the cover band situation, and it's if you know I have never even had this conversation with Patrick, and we'll have him on and talk to him about it too. But I mean, is that something that's built into a singer, or are you just more focused on singing other people's stuff? No, I think that's something that's that's different for everybody. You know, I never when I was younger, even when I joined my first band, I wasn't like sitting around wondering, hmm, what do I want to do with my time. Okay, there's mm-hmm. girls. Those are fun. Yeah. Uh, there's booze. I've had fun doing that before. <laughs> Maybe I want to be a lead singer in a rock band. Yeah. Like, I never even really ever like crossed my mind. You know, guys will pick up their guitar or their bass or get behind a kit or even play keyboards or whatever and be like, yeah, I'm thinking I want to get, get a rock band together. I never as a singer, I never looked at myself as being a vocalist. Uh-huh. And I mean, sure, Jim, you and I talked years, 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 years ago, about uh, 20-some years ago at this point, oh, um, maybe putting something together. Yeah, uh-huh. you're welcome. And back then, you were like, yeah, I'm just kind of tired of the band thing, and I'm getting pretty old. And I'm like, that was 23 years ago. Thanks, yeah. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are now. Yes. Well, we and that's why I tell people everybody in my band is like 32, 33 years old. And they're like, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 50. <laughs> yeah. You're 50, bro? It's cool. Yeah, yeah I'll be 51 in April. Fucking yeah. good on you, buddy. Keep it together. Yeah, well, doing... So let me get let me answer your question, because I don't like getting off too far off the beaten path. Um, I think it's different for every singer. I write poetry. I've been writing poetry for a decade and a half, because, like I said, everybody finds their dark places, and if you don't feel like you have anybody to turn to, you can turn to drugs, you can turn to alcohol, you can turn to... Some people, unfortunately, turn to suicide. Um, sure. They don't really have an outlet. They don't, and I just started writing one day. It just kind of happened naturally. And uh, Some of it's pretty good. Some of it's okay. And some of it's crap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, they, can they be lyrics? Sure. You know, you yeah. can tear apart some of my, I've got over 300 poems. And, yeah. Uh, cool. So, I mean, I could take, there's a lot of material there. I could take bits and pieces or a line from this poem or a paragraph from that poem or whatever, and I can make, I can put together lyrics. Can I make them up on the fly, depending on where I'm at and how the song sounds? And Sure. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I've so. heard a lot of singers do that poetry to lyric. You know what I mean? And I, I and I knew that, and I just kind of I've, you answered the next question there. So that's that's very interesting. Yeah, and I don't write as much as I used to. Um, I think life, when it kind of settles down, you know, we still have our daily grind and the things that the ups and downs of every day, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not. No one's all happy all day long. You know, you got moments where you're driving and somebody pisses you off or your spouse or somebody yells at you or your kids are driving you up to a wall or then there's something good that happens. You want, you know, $5 on a scratch off. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's that it's that every day of, um, you know, not having to feel compelled to write things down that, that I got to that point, I guess, where I just things are good. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I don't, I don't need to write down my feelings and, right. and do that all the time. So it's just hit and miss when I do it and I, when I feel it. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Do you like, if you hear that. like a cool phrase or something like that, a turn of words, do you like try and remember it or like write it down on your phone or something like that? Or is it just like either you're in poetry mode and doing that or, and it's, or it's off? No, I think one of the best poems I ever wrote, and it's really weird. I was living in, uh, south of yorkville and uh, i was laying in bed and i was falling asleep and it was like almost like a dream and i I had these words kind of pop into my head and i didn't i don't know what my deal was with my cell phone at the time but it wasn't working for some reason it died or (laughs) what happened so i had to do it the old-fashioned way and got a pen and paper oh gross laying in bed like (laughs) scribbling down lyrics Song or just words, and I wrote a good part of it, and then I uh, wrote it later. And I'm one of those weird people too, where I'll I'll write my poetry like on my phone. Oh, okay, I'll just tap tap with my big giant thumbs. Talk to text usually sucks because I have a Samsung, so there's that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it's different for everybody. I, I don't mind writing lyrics. I, I think the bane of most musicians, um, issues with writing is a couple things. Finding a group of people that you can coexist and enjoy spending time with that want to write music. That's even remotely close to the same type of music you want to write. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes. So <laughs> there's that. Yep. Yep. And that encompasses a lot. Yeah, and on top of that, the goal, right? What what is your end game? You get you, you might find somebody that fits with you artistically, but they're like, listen, I'm ready to quit my job at any minute to fucking travel west and try to make a living of this, you know? And you're like, hey, I got right. a life here, and uh, let's let's just make some music, you know? So yeah, sure. finding people with that same goal in mind is is just as much as a trouble. Because I mean, as soon as you're not working towards their goal, they're out. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. holding back. You know what I mean? And, yeah. No, and that's a big problem even in uh, the world that you and I are in. Sure. As far as just cover bands and just wanting to play out, you got some guys that want to play out three, four, five times a month. You know, right. I'm I'm at the three is solid, four is pushing it any more than four in a month, which we did like six, I think, in a month last year. Yeah. Supercell, and I was like, please no. <laughs> yeah, that, that's getting that's getting to be a lot. You know what I mean? Especially when you're doing full shows. Yeah, yeah, that's a oh, fucking yeah. grind, man. Yeah. And it's it's the, you know, I've been having I've had a few health issues, but you know, when you're talking about the the, the grind of getting it there, loading up, loading up, loading in, loading out, 
you feel like you spend more time moving gear. And I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm the singer. So I carry probably the least of anyone. I'll be honest. With <laughs> um, but I do try to pull my own weight even with my issues. But um, again, it's a lot of work, you know, it, it, people it really underestimate that work. I mean, listen, we're 50. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Sure. I'm telling you at that new year's show, by the time I loaded the truck and was walking out, Sean literally said to me, he's like, you all right, Brian? You look like you got beat with a boat oar or something. I'm like, I feel like I did. I've been fucking moving all this gear up and down stairs, trying to get it up and down a ramp that's covered with ice. He loaded in the truck. It's fucking the tailgate's three and, you know, fucking four foot tall on this thing I'm driving. You know, it's just like, it sucks. Then I mean, you got to yeah, unload. Fucking, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I finally got to the point where. You know, I, that used to be the deal. I bring it home and I'd have to fucking unload it, get in the house. Now I just lock that shit in the garage. I park it, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, bring in the guitars. If somebody wants it that bad, <laughs> fucking have it. And I don't have to move it again. <laughs> right. That's funny. It is. Yeah, that's that the place grind, that man. you played at is a great place, but loading in and loading out there, whether you're down in the bottom or you're upstairs, is just a nightmare. Yeah. Even oh, yeah. Ramps be damned. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, it's crazy. And I mean, like I say, you know, when you're when you're leaving the place at one thirty two in the morning, you know, it's just like shit. It it gets long, man. So, yeah. No, that's that's something that it has to be factored in, and people don't think about. You know, the the the, the audience just shows up, they drink the beer, they watch, they go home, they go to bed. There's none of this moving and shit and lifting this and setting this up and then chasing the problems. Hey, this speaker ain't working. What's going on with this? Why am I hearing that? You know, it's on and on and on. You know, so. Not, on top of the, it's the mental stress of getting there and making sure everything's working. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, crazy. that's what Bill Littlebrand used to always say. He goes, you ain't paying me to play. You're paying me to move my shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it is truer now. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my God. And I think you hit it on the head. The ultimate goal of people is like, what is your ultimate goal? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that gets lost. I mean, there's a lot of conversations that maybe had, get had and people forget or whatever i don't know i know with uh supercell i want to we wanted to write some music we wanted to play some you know 90s rock to more current you know hard rock and metal and Mm -hmm. uh, the younger guys are more on the metal end of things you know i would love to to chew into more hard rock stuff from the early 90s Mm mm-hmm into the 2000s i think there's a lot of music there that's not getting touched but. that leads into a great question that jim and i have talked about about my band before too is how what is the song picking process for your band because i mean if you get too much you know like you say if it goes too much to the metal and your passion is the hard rock you're not happy with it anymore and it isn't giving you what you want out of it what what is when it's time to pick new songs how do you guys go about it that's an interesting one. Honestly, we have, we have a Spotify list and we add songs to that that we want to learn or okay. put on our that we're trying to move maybe move forward with. But that's easy. Um, I like I like that. It's kind of nice. And it, it is easy, but unfortunately, how it works is then you know you got guitarists. I don't oh know God! If I should be saying this too loud for the people in the room, but um, that want to learn music, which is great. You know, they want to learn new stuff. But then they'll be like, oh, I got these two different, you know, like, for instance, and I'm not throwing them under the bus. Ty learned, like, three Slipknot songs. Mm-hmm. And he was like, everybody needs to learn these. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute. Can we talk about if we want to do them? I mean, right. so they're great songs. They're songs that everybody knows. 
He's not uh-huh. wrong. But also, Psychosocial is a big pain in the ass to sing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever tried to sing along to that song or if you even know that song. You just need an oxygen tank and you'll be fine. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to pound a lot of those things together, man. That's hard. <laughs> and Corey Taylor, God bless him, how he's able to scream and yet sing so melodically in the same song. Yeah. <laughs> um, over back and forth and back and forth. I'm like, bro, I'm just tired listening to you. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I got to try to emulate that to some degree. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the song picking process is difficult, especially when, you know, the guys want to do 90s grunge and, and 90s rock going into, you know, some like new metal type stuff, obviously. Um, which is all great. It's just, I, I think you can get caught up in the, we want to, you know, blow people's hair back and melt people's faces. That's great. But then what about, there's so much mid tempo and slow music out there Mm -hmm. in these genres that doesn't get played either. So it's, it's, I think Brian and I had this conversation once Jim that we were, you know, how do you, get a set list together, you know, like you guys have like 60 some songs. I think like Sean told me at one point, if you don't have more than that by now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how do you pick the right songs? And this is an argument that you'll see on cover band, whatever on Facebook and all these different people, you know, how do you pick the right songs to play? I mean, what's going to be a draw? I mean, I've argued with people over the years that I don't, I don't think you need to do a bunch of butt rock songs and eighties popular crap. You know, mm-hmm. how many times can you Jack hear boys of summer? Right. I, know. I, yep. I, I mean, footloose. Great. Go footloose it somewhere else. I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> don't want to play that crap, you know, and they're great songs. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I jammed out to footloose myself. I mean, come on, right. but it's, it's time to move on. There's so much other music. And if you're going to be a cover band, it's like, Look, if you want a band, I mean, there's plenty of, you know, 60, 70 year old dudes out there playing like 70s and 80s music still mm-hmm. that are just doing it to have a good time, be social. Go hire them. Yeah, yeah. which is fine. It's just like now, but yeah, what do no. we do that's different, that's new, that right. we like, that can hopefully, you know, what's the new Jack and Diane and shit like that? What's going to get people going? That's got to be difficult. I don't know. I wouldn't know what it would be. <laughs> you know? And, and, and what's more difficult about it is, is it, it's a, it's a process of, like I say, Greg's smart enough to know. And so am I, what sells, but how far are you going to sell till you sell your soul out of it? You know what I mean? Yeah, you want to enjoy it too. For the yeah. money, you know what right. I mean? But, but we, we also, you know, Jim and I have talked about this. We, I also enjoy having the crowd participation and people dancing and not just like, that one guy in the corner banging his head to this song that him and I like, you know what I mean? Right. Everybody else is kind of like, yeah, these guys are okay. But you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I'm trying, always trying And listen, we got some generic ass songs. I mean, we got, you know, Jesse's girl, we got all this stuff, but it's like when you get asked for them all the time, it's nice to be able to oblige in a second. Yes. You know I mean, finally sure. you can be like, yeah, dude, I can play this. So let's do it. But I also like to have the, the obscure ones sometimes too. And, we talk modern day cowboys, one that it hits or it doesn't. And I mean, yeah. so there's not a lot of middle ground on that one. It just depends on who's there hearing it. And, you know, we enjoy the song, but it is like, I'm always nervous about playing. Is it, is this going to be the bathroom break song or is this going to be like, <laughs> Fuck yeah, we played that song? You know what I mean? And, 
or you know what I mean so it's like I, I don't know we've kind of settled on how we pick songs I told you this before Greg is that each person picks one because we've got age variants in our group you know what I mean so we, right. we learn them five at a time you know what I mean and that way at least everybody's getting something out of it because if I had to play everything that I didn't want to play sooner or later you're just gonna be like eh you know what I ain't even have fun anymore I don't like this music you know but I can power through four <laughs> that I might be like okay with and then hey here's my song you know let's all right we're this is this is what made it worth it so right, right. and can the singer right. do it all it's like am i putting five back to back that's going to burn my singer out you know oh, there's absolutely. so much that goes into a set list <laughs> have you been have you had yeah. the old burnout on there <laughs> greg <laughs> sorry as you said that i had to cough up the lung from this cold <laughs> that i've had for a month and a half um I think my lungs were telling me, yeah, that's right. Damn it. Five <laughs> songs in a row trying to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Honestly, it's a lot different now. Um, so in the early years I had lungs for days and could sing but the music in the early nineties that we were covering. Wasn't, wasn't physically taxing. Gotcha. One, because of my age, but two, the music was more melodic. Right. Sure. And I'm not saying that metal's not melodic. I mean, there's a lot of melody in, in some of the Metallica and the Megadeth and the Rob Zombie. And I don't know if you know St. Asonia. We do a song by them and and, uh, and some other stuff. And, you know, and it's, it's really finding that balance as a vocalist on what you can do and what you can't do, but what is it that you can't maybe don't think you can do that you can do. You just have to do it your way, not theirs. Right. Where it's still going to do justice to the song. I think Patrick's run into that problem um, a few times because Patrick's got pipes for days. I just going to ask you, what, what do you find more challenging? Is it hitting a pitch or spitting outwards fast? Cause I mean, that's where we kind of Patrick can tend to get the notes but when, and, and he's great. I'm not, this isn't any way, you know, but sure. I mean, it's it like we struggle with songs that are wordy sometimes like in a one that most people don't even realize. And we try to play it. And sometimes it's there. And sometimes it is animals by Nickelback. Yeah. That son of a bitch is a mouthful. <laughs> That's a lot I mean, of they words. They wanted to do that song, and I laughed at them. The guys <laughs> in my band, they were like, what about, what do we do to animals by Nickelback? I go, how about I'll do figured you out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like yeah. that song better. It's perfect for me. And it's about the only Nickelback song I'm going to do. So you can do figured you out or we don't do any Nickelback because I'm perfectly fine with that as well. <laughs> it's and that balance, man. So yeah. yeah. Nickelback is so controversial anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many people hate on them, but you know, we always thought that was kind of a tougher song because we group them by tunings. You know I mean, so that one's drop D. So it was like, Hey, we're going to ramp up these drop D songs. Let's add this in there. Right. And, but yeah, it is. I mean, even I'm not a singer, but I mean, to try to sing along that in my car, I'm out of breath long before that verse is over. You know what I mean? Exactly. Just you just can't back to back it like he does. And it's just like, and I'll watch Patrick and I'm just like, you got this, you got this and he'll get it. And I'm like, yeah. Or sometimes like, <laughs> you know I mean? and, or he's ready to pass out at the end of it. You know what I mean? It's just like, all right. Yeah. And God bless him. Torturing him. You know what I mean? Let's just drop this song. It is it, no, uh, questionable, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, God bless Patrick. He, he does stuff that I wish I could do and read each other's, you know, admiration society. But mm-hmm. it, quite frankly, I mean, he, he does do song. He's able to perform songs that I'm just like, yeah, no, 
I'm gonna, yeah. I'll enjoy watching you. You enjoy doing that. <laughs> That's why I appreciate band cover bands after I got into one too. I was just like, you don't understand. Like even from guitar and especially from singing, imagine, I mean, you see your favorite band, they're going to maybe play an hour and a half. And that's you're halfway done if you're lucky in a cover band, yeah. you know. And then no, you know, imagine yeah. Guns N' Roses playing for three and a half hours, you know, like that. Axel will be dead twice. So yeah, <laughs> and you guys are you know you mix it up, you have different songs, different you know, and but it's usually mostly high energy, you know. You might have a couple songs that you can lay back a little bit, or for some reason, you know, bass solo. Let's go, like give me a fucking minute for a break. But that is impressive with uh, especially with singing, just that capacity to belt out three hours you know of songs it's just like that is that is taxing as hell <laughs> oh well even when we're doing three sets you know i i take two i take two breaks and like yeah. you know even if we're doing like an hour and a half set the guys are like well we're not going to take a break and i'm like you don't have to but i'm walking off the stage for about five ten minutes to yeah. get a glass of water take a breath and uh and you guys want to play dueling guitars or want to sit there and play some stupid obscure kiss song that you guys are dying to play Right, <laughs> not in any what we're going to be playing. Uh, you guys go ahead and do that. I'm I'm taking a break. See that works so, though. That's where you can get that stuff out. You know, if the guitarist really wants this yeah. song, like well, you can do it, but you guys got to do it all. Give me five minutes. You know, play that song. Yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> I need so a that's, minute. <laughs> that's kind of where I left it in their court too. I'm like, you guys can do whatever you want. I'm just saying, like, if we're doing, we're playing safe from eight to midnight. There's gonna be solid two twenty minute breaks somewhere. Yeah, oh, that four to. hours. You have to. And I'm I'm not here. You're 120 or 125 or 150 bucks that I'm gonna get paid, or maybe if I'm lucky on a really good paying gig, 200. Yeah. Um, is it worth me literally killing myself for? <laughs> no matter how good a time you think your patrons are gonna have, and how much work we have to do to sit there and perform for you. So I'm gonna take my time and. <laughs> I honestly, you know, that's, that's never been an issue, you know, good. I think, uh, like you said, picking songs is, is difficult, but I think making sure you have the right individuals that know what direction this band is going in. I have no delusions of grandeur that I'm going to, you know, write a song with Supercell and a month later, somebody's going to hear it and be like, we got to get these guys signed. Yeah. And then you're going to write a bunch <laughs> of music and. And then you're right. on tour. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of long sets, I can't speak for you, but this 50-year-old needs two breaks to pee. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nice. I, can't, I, I, gotta know, go. I can't imagine being up there two hours straight. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. I mean, I guess I probably could. But you know what I mean? It's just like, listen, it's nice to take a break. Go out socialize for a minute. I like to always try to talk to everybody I can. Thank them for coming out in case they got to leave. You know what I mean? Just listen. I appreciate you. You know what I mean? And that yeah. that's important too. I mean, and they're there to talk to you too. You know what I mean, they're I mean they're there to hear music, but they also you know I mean they like that little hey yeah I got to talk to my buddy real quick and he knows I was here and yeah 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 so yeah, yeah there's sure. a lot to it man I mean especially you want to be in a successful yeah. one that keeps going it's like you got to cover all these bases and there is a lot of them because i think i don't know if more and more people are it seems like they're coming out to the shows like the cover bands and stuff like that because tickets went up so much but it seems like it's more i mean you guys find yourselves more in demand now you know you've been around for a little while what are you thinking 
Or well, still kind of the same. That one to start. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I was well. That kind of. I was just going to ask you kind of a question that leads into that, Jim. But like, so you've done it both. You've done the cover and you've done the original. If you got back into it right now, what would you do and why? I I've thought about this a lot, and I'm not sure <laughs> about the band, but I would cover one band. Like I would, I'd be oh. a tribute band, I think, because okay. I could find a singer that can like he can, he can just get that. You know, and yeah. then we have an easy, easy thing to sell too. It's like, you know, we do, um, whatever smashing pumpkins. We, you know, that's what we do. Those type of bands do do well. I mean, like if you say, I mean, there's a whole, we got a, I mean, there's at least, you know, so there's a guns and roses one. There's a white snake one. Yeah, there's yeah. DC, there's Cinderella there. You know, there's a handful of them here. And a lot of times they'll group them up to a big show. You know what I mean? I'll see that in the, in the city more so than out here, but I mean, they'll do like this cover band, you know, festival type of thing. And they'll, you know, like they'll do it at Jamie's or something. They'll set up a big outdoor stage and uh, they'll do it all day. You know what I mean? Each band will play their hour and a half or whatever and something like that. I I would say for sure, for me, the cover bands are definitely more, we had good success with five star fools locally. You know what I mean? Because we had a following that was local, but People don't travel like they used to. You know, we would play in Joliet at the time. It was Bada Brew. We literally played to like three of our friends. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Been there. It was (laughs) bad. You know what I mean? It was just just a perfect storm. It was bad weather. There was a big pay-per-view boxing event that was, I forget what it was, but it was like some massive thing that everybody had been waiting for. And, you know, so there was just, it was nobody there. And he thinks so no one had to go to Joliet. That's all. Yeah. Sons of bitches. I I would say the cover band is in demand. I mean, you know, Greg, you and I, we both get asked to play. I mean, you like say, Hey, are you guys available this day? You know what I mean? So, I mean, they're seeking you out. That's a good sign. You know I mean? Versus when it was in the original band, we'd have to seek out the venues, you know? So, to an extent, you know what I mean? So I, I guess that every now and then we'd be asked, but it was just, it was most of the time we'd have to fight and claw to get the shows, you know? I don't see a lot of fighting and clawing. I think it, it, the the landscape has definitely changed yeah. over the years. As far as what they're willing to pay, how much they want you to play, you know? And I, I think back, I was doing like, two hour shows for like two, 300 bucks is what it was. Yeah. Like we weren't playing like three, four hours. So yeah. I think there's a bigger ask now. Oh yeah. For uh, effort, but you know, around here it's a, it's a slippery slope. I mean, you're looking at some places not paying, wanting to pay more than 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere around seven fifty. I think seven fifty eight hundred is about the average, I think mm-hmm. um, for, cover bands um you know you got some places that are willing to pay a little bit more um i've run into some places where we've we've gotten paid a thousand and then we've had one or two gigs that were like 12 50 1500 so i just think it's the venue i think it's a combination of a lot of different things i you know do i want to write music i would love to write music with the right people it's just that's a very special um, intimate thing, I think. Yeah. Being able to be in a band with a group of people that you have some, you know, I, I like that everybody has different tastes, but mm-hmm. can you meld your your music ability, your your concepts, and can you meld those together with other people to make a sound that's different and yet pleasing and yet might really, you know, drive people 
yeah. um, to one, you know, either to excitement or to love or to, you know, you know, memory or whatever the case may be. What is it that you're going to create that's going to move people? Yeah, there was nothing and, better than that as a original artist back in the day to have somebody dig your song or ask you to play this song and you're just like, it's yeah. yours. You're like, Ooh, that's, right. that's fucking cool, man. You know, it's a different requesting, level. Yeah. Requesting your song and singing along to it. Yeah. yeah like, a, holy shit. You know, amazing. the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, the other thing that's crazy to think about too, is how quickly we can rock out new songs in this band. We had, I mean, I, I, it wasn't 30. I mean, I, there's no way it was 30 songs we had in five star fools total. Right. And probably high 20s. You know what I mean? After but years. 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That we did that band for 10 years. I mean, and of course, there was some restructuring and, hey, we lost this guy, so we had to retrain this guy to do this. I mean, we could have, but made more. But, you know, it was kind of, it's crazy to think. You know what I mean? We can we could set our minds to 25 songs and get them done in a couple months. Yep. You know what I mean? But it's, yeah, it's just crazy how much more time it takes to do that. Cause you, you get something like, ah, this one kind of sucks. Let's get rid of it. Or let's just put That's this the one worst. on the back burner and come <laughs> up with something that we can change. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, they're constant works in progress. It seems. And then, uh, we still got a bunch of hangers out there from that band that I think of the riff and like, man, I wish we could have finished that one. Or, you know what I mean? Or, yep, yep, but Yeah. Greg, what's uh what's the next gig uh, coming out for uh, Supercell? Well, the next gig is this Friday. Oh shit! Up. Where at? The twenty sixth down in Morris. Oh, Jim will be there. He's really good at coming out to the shows that we have in the. Long <laughs> year, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Iowa. Goddammit! <laughs> takes me a minute. <laughs> I you do. guys gotta stop making me laugh. I'm gonna <laughs> pack up half a lung here. Um, Are we getting? Uh, no, yeah, uh, that, I'll look 26th? forward to seeing Jimmy at that one. 9 p.m. start, so yeah. that'll be great. Oh, Jesus going Christ. home. You know, I'm older than both of you. Get home at like three in the morning. Shut <laughs> up. We'll be fine. Greg would tell Don't me act like I wouldn't do it for you, Joe. Greg would give me the same <laughs> shit, man. We had some of the. I was uh, reminiscing, Greg, about hanging out with you. I have a couple pictures of us way back in the day. And there was some uh, Mexican fellow with us. We were bullshitting, and he followed us outside. And I don't think he spoke a word of maybe English or any language. But <laughs> you you were giving him the biggest hugs and shit. Like this just fucking went right along with everything. It was so so silly, man. Just fun times hanging out at the old bars back in the day. God well, damn. I'm sure I was probably bouncing at that point. Yeah, I was probably yeah. just pacifying him just to get him out of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and you happen to just be there with me and i was like yeah i don't understand a word you're saying but i'm so glad you came outside no you can't come back in sorry yeah. <laughs> no i'm not racist you just you've had too much to drink sorry. Yeah. <laughs> i'm saving me and you from yourself <laughs> yes yeah, yeah those any, were the days do you have any good uh stories from the bouncing days anything uh entirely crazy stories no, there are way too many stories, dude. Who, who I've found was, who people was screwing in the bathrooms. I've found baggies <laughs> upon baggies of coke on the floor. Just give my local drug dealer or somebody I knew that did that crap. Be like, Merry Christmas. There you go. <laughs> you know, nice paying forward. 40 man brawls in the parking lot. I've seen a guy's head get split open with a tire iron right in front of my face. I've been attacked oh, wow. by knives, shivs, glasses, beer bottles, chain somebody had this big ass chain came at me with a chain <laughs> just because i kicked him out of the bar he went to his truck grabbed a chain that was probably a 25 foot long chain and kurt started coming at me i think it was like half 
half inch <laughs> chain and they was just oh, wielding it, swinging it around at me. <laughs> I'm sure you could probably imagine I ended up grabbing the chain, pulling it to me and beating the crap out of him. But that's what happened. <laughs> and, uh, just so you guys like, know, they might not, not know Greg. Greg is 5'4 and about 130 pounds. So this is really oh, yeah, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I learned everything I know from Bruce Lee, who was dead, I think, uh, long before I was born or somewhere around there. I don't know. Well, you're at least, but, what, uh, do you 6'3", 6'2", 6'4"? Where you no, at? I'm 6'5". Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I know I always looked up to you. <laughs> I used to be, when I met you, Jimmy, I was uh, obviously still 6'5". Um <laughs> <laughs> I haven't grown or gotten shorter, but, uh, I was like three, I want to say around three thirty-five, three forty. 340. Holy shit. Probably. Really? Yeah. I was a lot younger and I was a lot stronger back then. Now yeah. I'm old and waif like, <laughs> um, I think I'm weighing in around 270, 265, 275, somewhere bouncing between. Damn there. bro. Yeah. Holy shit. But oh, yeah, yeah, the the bouncing crazy days times. were something else. That was crazy. Yeah, man, because you were you were in some uh, rough joints, I think. Well, they turned out well, to be. Well, the if you're going to be there that late, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, we used to make the statement of which most people have: any bar that stays open after one a.m. is looking for trouble. Well, yeah, there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, um, yeah. but um, yeah, there's the hideout and then there's the waterfront and then waterfront became what it is today which is lee's place right um they've made it a lot nicer and kind of runs a little bit more smoothly than it did back then there's a lot more fighting back then there is now so lisa's definitely done a really good job of getting that corralled um they still have problems but every bar that's open late is gonna have their problems so yeah that's always Um, gonna happen do you ever uh bounce at the dirty boot I had a short stint at the boot. Did you? Um, <laughs> oh, the good old day. <laughs> well, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna work at a titty bar, you might as well get in and get out. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it again. You know, I'm not Mister Clean over here. No, none bald, of us are. But yeah. you know, I'm not you know squeaky. But at the same point, there's a certain moral standard or moral fiber that you have to kind of stand by. I think and. It's not with what the ladies were doing. Of course, I'm okay with women's tripping. Um, <laughs> the problem is all the drugs and all the bullshit, ancillary bullshit that went along with that place. And yeah, because that's I mean that's where I'd go back in the day too. Because I mean I would always work nights with the restaurant, so I mean there's only a few places open. I always felt yeah. safe at like celebrations or the hideout, especially if I knew the guys bounce and stuff like that. But you get a little creeped out. You give me, you have to make it to that side of town over there. <laughs> like, Oh shit. <laughs> Everything is happening in this parking lot right now. <laughs> yeah. And I've been in enough brawls that, I mean, it's not fun. I mean, it, it's, it, it, I, I don't, people are asked, man, you gotta have some great stories of fights. I'm like, is there ever really a great story of fighting? I mean, not yeah. to sound like a dad here or like Mr. Goody Goody, but my days of wanting to beat the crap, I never wanted to beat the crap out of people anyway, to be honest with you. Sure. You know, when I was in, uh, bouncing was just an easy way to make some cash. And I was a big dude and I could handle myself. That That's the only reason I did it. I wasn't, I know guys go up, oh, I, I love to fight, man. I'm like, yeah, you're not good to be a bouncer. Man. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can on. tell by, I'm sure Brian can attest for this too. You've always been like an even-tempered guy too. I've never seen you just like fucking hot and heavy. To, when I've seen some shit go down with you in it, and you're just always like calm. 
obviously you can just look down under who wants see what's going on <laughs> who's gonna hurt who and i've seen you pull people apart but i've never seen you like physically destroy somebody you might have to put somebody in their place a time or two but i've never seen you like just you know there's different people that will take that job way differently <laughs> oh yeah this is my opportunity to beat the hell out of somebody take yeah. out all my aggression <laughs> Please, I mean, I've please done. cause a problem, you know? <laughs> Unfortunately, there have been a few issues over the years doing that where I've, I feel like I maybe went too far. Yeah. Not to where I put anybody in a hospital or anything like that, but I, they were hurting. And I, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, it's the sex, drugs, rock and roll, right? I mean, I'm, I'm good with sex. I've had enough drugs and I'm still (laughs) trying to play rock and roll. So I guess there's that, but (laughs) as far as bouncing goes, you know, that was never a a career choice. You know, it was a survival choice. It was, I needed money. I was a bartender. I was, uh, worked as a bouncer. I DJed out there for like four years. Oh, right on. I cooked, I was a cook in the back. So I literally was doing everything there. Okay. Um, had you ever gotten yeah. hurt pretty seriously? You know, you know, little, you know, somebody punch you, or you know, what I mean, honestly, no. Um, in the time I was at the hideout, I mean, I might have had a scrape, you know, some yeah. scrapes, stuff like that from being in a, a little scrum, mm-hmm. but nothing to where I was. I'd never been stabbed. I didn't get shot. I mean, I had, I've been shot at. I had a forty-five put to my head. Jesus I, Christ! Wow. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of weird very tenuous situations out there since it's well, gone wasn't the hideout the worst yeah where, <laughs> i mean it, it, it really did i mean it used to be just kind of a fun place to go and party and then it, it, i remember it getting a little more gang type of stuff and people coming from aurora area and just i heard people flashing ak's and it, shit there <laughs> right when it went more dj and you know that i don't know i just i don't know exactly the time frame or anything like that i lived down the street from there so i just always remember it you know what i mean and yeah. But there was a time when it was just kind of good old country boy fun. And then it took a, uh, well, there's quite a bit of gang shit happening here tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like you say, gun activity and this and that is like, oh, yeah. it's got a little crazy. Yeah. I got a little crazy when Sam and Fritzy took over D pub and made it into the hideout. And then things were getting a little crazy out there moving forward. Um, it's when, the next set of owners took over and that's when they were just like, you know, the statue of Liberty out front, bring me your <laughs> nastiest, dirtiest, oh God, just yearning whatever. to be drugged up and free, you know, yeah. and come on out here to the land of nobody gives a shit. We got plenty of cornfields for you to go bury the body. Yeah. Right. It, did, it did get a little dark, which is weird. It's, it's kind of sad because, you know, growing up, and having the fun places to go to as a, you know, especially 20-year-old, 30-year-old, whatever, whatever your time frame is, and enjoying the bar and enjoying the atmosphere yeah. and, you know, getting goofy with your friends is so fun. But, yeah, it just goes to that. It can go so dark, man. It just gets so nasty. And it did. And you're that's absolutely sad. right, it did. Yeah, that's too I mean, bad. when it was Depub, I think, uh, I, I don't, I wasn't around here then, but I'm pretty sure, like, not long before I moved out to this area, um, I'm pretty sure local H played out there. Well, that, pub. They had it when we had it, uh, when Jason and I had it as a club main, we brought them oh, was out. It? Yeah. Yep. Way back yeah. when it was a teen club, when it started off so innocently for almost a year. Yeah. Right. It was a juice <laughs> bar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It went. <laughs> well, now that nothing's left, but the, uh, but the, the, <laughs> the porch sign that was built out on the side. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. The porch is there. That's right. It's still there. 
Holy shit, yeah, I drove by a few months sucker, ago. Man. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That is so crazy. I mean, dude. I'll be honest with you, when I heard that place burned down, I got a biggest smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of I think the locals definitely did too, man. It just turned into <laughs> something that it shouldn't have been. You're gonna if yeah. we already have the boot out there, you know, which gets crazy enough. So it's like, you don't need to invite it from everywhere, especially since that place can hold what, three hundred people, you know? Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was a full on yeah. Patrick Swayze movie back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real you know and i started doing that crap in college so it's like man Over. you know i my my years of wanting i used my athletic ability to my advantage and i i should never have done that but yeah. that's why my son's like you know i don't really want to be in sports and i'm like great then use your net you know use your noodle and there you go. do something great so that's but anyway cool, yeah yeah, I, I, we can move on to a different topic, though. We can get off the, uh, yeah. the bouncing era. That was part of the dark ages for me. Yeah, that's uh, all right, man. That's good. why I like the podcast, though, because I've you know, i always been able to talk to you and shit like that, but I've never, I never knew where you came from and where you've been through. You know, I was like, well, how, what does Greg actually do? You know, what's, he's been around and done some shit. I just want to get a little more deep on you, but we can definitely bail on that one. Well, that one, yeah. I mean, that was, that was too long of a period of my life with too little to show for it. Yeah, well, man, frankly. yeah, been there, man. Yeah. And what you do now, Greg, is you work for the the sign company, right? The, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for almost uh, three years now, and that that's a love hate relationship. But I guess that's most people with their jobs. Uh, <laughs> mine's hate hate. Yeah, so it's, good. it's got a lot of promise. They do a lot of good work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just the innards of of business that they're younger than I am. I'm older than they are. They're smarter than me. I'm not that good looking. They're 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 really great. I really suck. I'm you know they <laughs> they just have this. They are right. I am wrong. And just leave it at that one. Right. right. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you are the owners. But then when shit goes sideways, they're like, well, what do you think we should do? I'm like, I think that's above my pay grade. Bro. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could give you the answer, which I know the answer, but I'm not going to give you the answer. You know why? Because you're going to take my answer and you're going to be like, Oh, look what I came up with. And then you'll have the answer. And I've tried doing that out of the goodness of my heart. And I've had it spat back in my face. So I just go there, do the best I can try to sell digital displays and channel letters and cabinet signs or service. I mean, do you work on the stuff or do you go out and sell the, the, okay. No, I'm not very handsy. I'm, I like to uh, use my silver tongue to persuade people to purchase extremely expensive signage. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. You want a double-sided four-foot by eight-foot digital display? That's going to be $32,000, please. Yeah. Installed. Right. You've got that. Just sit in your back pocket. I- mm-hmm. oh, um, I was shit. in healthcare for like a decade. I did healthcare sales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whether it was behavioral health or um, senior living, like uh, anything from a, um, um, losing my mind, assisted living, <laughs> um, <laughs> memory care. Yeah. I'm going to need there soon. Ironically, no. I'm going to need some help there. <laughs> I have a couple of friends that very, do very well at that, actually. I mean, so that's something, yeah, it's nice. I did, but it's a very uh, woman. Um, it's totally like a woman's world when it comes to senior living and, and that part of healthcare, okay. which is great. It's fine. 
Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's just uh, I'm six five and two hundred seventy five pounds, so I can be a little intimidating to sure. men. <laughs> now I have to I have to coexist with a bunch of women that are strong women and intelligent women, but I'm me, and that yeah. doesn't work well sometimes. Right. So, you know, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so just being honest. That's all right. I hey, just man. figured uh, if it was more of the behavioral health, I would have been uh, probably more successful. The assisted living piece was just too clicky. And, um, you know, when they're the whole COVID crap where everybody's got to wear a mask and everything else. And I'm like, look, I'm not getting, I'm not going to get the shot. Didn't get the shot. I don't care who got the shot. If you got the shot, great. Good for you. If you didn't get the shot, right on. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, I wasn't going to do it, and they were mandating it. Right. And I'm just like, well, I mean, there's part of that career choice that now going bye-bye. Right. Yeah, it was an odd time. Two years ago, same type of work, and they wanted to know if I was uh, willing to get the shot. And I'm like, if that's a requirement to work here, and they're like, yeah, and I said, then this interview's over. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, I made some hard yeah, decisions yeah. for a lot of people, man. Yeah, absolutely. Sure did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the world we live in. It's like everybody's so hell bent. Like, you know, you can, we could go on forever on this topic, but, you know, there's so many different points of view. And whether it's political or whether it's, you know, having to do with health or, or whatever the case may be, I just think uh, there's yep. too much. Um, dissension there's too much people not willing to have an open discussion dialogue of differing opinions to maybe hammer out okay well i still feel the same way or well maybe you have kind of maybe look at something a little differently um too many people just go in i'm right you're wrong fuck you yeah it's kind kind of the culture i hope it's i have a feeling it's turning around a little bit because we're kind of like seeing through all the bullshit here lately so I'm hoping that maybe we can just get back to being kick-ass Americans and figure our shit out together. That's what I'm hoping. I think podcasts like yeah. you're doing are cool. It's cool that you talk about music and are able to touch on different things. Um, you know, like Charlie Kirk, and there are some a lot more conservatives doing it. I wonder why that is. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of conservatives out there doing podcasts that, you know, discussing different ideas and whether it's um, him or whether it's uh, Ben Shapiro or whomever you know, at least they're willing to sit down with people of unlike ideals yeah. and have discussions. That's it huge. may be difficult. They may be uncomfortable, but it's better than violence. Yeah. And you can get through it. Dying. You get I through mean, it and you might have, you know, a different opinion. Oh no. You know, sure. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you know? I, I think that's yeah. cool. The long form conversation has definitely got a little, long way to go and i still don't know what i'm doing with the podcast except enjoying my friends and getting to know uh people i've known in my life a little bit better but it, it's through that uh, that you know it's weird I've, you know this is like fucking 130 something done and it's just like it's cool because i was just, just now getting me on jim i do you got you just got as far as my facebook knows you just got into a band yesterday so <laughs> was it uh, did supercell did you guys just start last year or has it been a couple years now um, you know, I always get it wrong 
Me too. <laughs> and I, we were talking. Yeah. I'm the singer of Super Salt. Have no idea who we are or how long we've been around or who's in the band, but I'm the singer. You too could have mental, uh, have, have early onset dementia at 50. Welcome to being in a band. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, you see the band, they're like, look at this old fuck up here. You got these young guys tearing it up, shredding away. And then you got me up there. And like, I just had surgery. So when I have this, show on friday about half of it's going to be if not more of it's going to be me sitting unfortunately damn it i was making um, fun of you sitting down because i've seen the pictures too and you can't tell me now it's a medical problem because now i can't give you shit is that it too <laughs> you son of a bitch you are you getting better <laughs> is everything getting better for you i don't want to jump into your personal life but you okay no, it's, it's it's all right yeah right you on. know it's just <laughs> i would be perfectly fine if the sinus cold would just go away <laughs> um, right yeah you better get kicking ass on that if you got a show coming up that ain't gonna make it real pleasant to sing <laughs> no, nothing. Well, you're saying that it's pleasant to sing so it's not always that pleasant but it always takes work but no it's it's fine i you know you kind of touched on that jim i i honestly do feel that like my vocals have gotten stronger like i was in a band that this will be weird for you, Brian, maybe to a degree. So Patrick was in a band in 2009 called Schwill. Okay. I've heard of that. Yep. And, uh, great players. Um, they're actually the three of them that were other than Patrick that were in Schwill. I knew one of them. They, I took over after Patrick moved down to Southern Illinois. Okay. And, uh, so, I was doing a bunch of stuff that Patrick was doing in that band. And then I was able to bring a few songs in and quite frankly, I, it just was too much. They were asking me to do, you know, guns and roses. Maybe it's knows my voice or listen to super seller Fafo and the kind of music that I've done me doing a bunch of guns and roses and stuff like that. It's just not, not for me. Cool. Yeah. You got to know your, you got to know where your sweet spots are, man. <laughs> Yeah, you want to sound. Unfortunately, good. those guys weren't in a position to give a shit. Oh, if okay. I could do it or not. I mean, that's but you face that with a lot of bands too. As a singer, you're gonna find a group that's willing to work with your abilities. Yeah, your instrument. You know? And if you can't, then you find somebody else. I mean, it's it's pretty simple, and, I, and that's kind of where I'm at in my world. I love Super Soul. I love the guys in it. I think they're great. I think they're all extremely talented. Uh, this new drummer Matt is all world. Um, You've heard Ty play. Ty's one of the best lead yeah. guitarists in the area by I'm far. Um, I'm telling that to Jim. He's, he's fantastic. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, and then the bass player, Woody, he uh, he's a guitar player by trade, like all bass players. And, uh, <laughs> but he's um, he's solid. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he's not. He's a different bass player from like a Sean. Sean is spoils people because Sean is a a true like master like of his craft like, yeah he seems like he loves and, it yeah that's what yeah, you're talking about McAllister. yes yeah okay yeah. i want to get him on sometime too he seems he seems <clears throat> hilarious so you should sure get him on he's stories. funnier than i am for sure <laughs> um you'll have patrick and sean on at oh, different times and people are like those podcasts were great but don't bring that greg guy on anymore <laughs> bullshit <laughs> not funny at all not even close <laughs> but no uh patrick's good friend sean's a good friend and uh you know I will say that the the benefit to to getting back into music, if you're so inclined or anybody that has um, 
that burning desire to play or has been playing or singing or whatnot is, you know, we've talked about it. I try not to make too big of a deal about it because I don't, you know, it's music, music is music, but we do have a nice thing going on where we all kind of support each other, whether it's kickback, supercell, when it was Fafo, Warthog, um, and those boys that were, you know, and it's a very, um, incestuous, type thing where i've had people from fafo that are kickback people that were in fafo or in warthog right you know, i was the lead singer <laughs> for fafo i'm in supercell everybody's <laughs> been in different bands and been in bands together at one point or another that's cool it's know. called a scene that's great yeah right and you guys but like each other we're backing each other too like that's new i was at that's their cool. show on new year's because my lady was busy working she wanted to work and i'm like go make your money and I was like, what am I going to do? And these guys were playing up there. So I was like, well, let's go check them out. Cool. So that's great. Know, yeah, it is great. And I, then, you know, you get to, I didn't really know Brian until, until, um, Sean moved over. And of course I knew Patrick was the singer, but, mm-hmm. um, Brian, and I got to talk a little bit more, which was nice. And I became with friends with him and then Billy, um, I've, built a friendship with Billy. And if anybody knows Billy, he doesn't really just talk to anybody. He's right. Really a people person. And if he talks to you or comes up to you, that means he likes you because he, yeah. Won't. Yeah. And then actually come and see your band. You know what I mean? Right. So like He's made a couple of attempts to come, come to see our band. So, yeah. I mean, that, that speaks volumes for sure. Yeah, all right. All right, guys. I hear you. I hear you. Jesus Christ. I'll be out. <laughs> yes. Our true friends come to see us. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Even from oh. far and wide. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's a fun <laughs> note. That's a Large. fun note, man, guys, to end it on. It's been we we Greg, you did it. It's been an hour and ten. It's a good app. Yeah, oh, goodness. That. But I we hope we didn't blow time. your vocal cords out. No, I needed the work. I need the workout. I haven't done much singing. <laughs> well, all right, we got you playing Supercell, the twenty sixth in Morris, you said? At the pub. At the pub. The pub. The pub. So we'll it's try right there in a motel down there on 80. Oh, right okay. on. We'll try and get that so, one out before uh, you play that show. And thanks, Greg, man. Thanks for your time and your uh, just being, you know, cool and honest and going along with the flow of the podcast. I really appreciate it, man. That was a good time. I appreciate it. Have me on whenever you need to fill some space that's maybe funny. And then uh, <laughs> people might actually want to listen. But no, you've been doing great. I appreciate it. Um, enjoy you guys' banter. And uh, I enjoyed my time. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right, right guys. Well, that's Jimmy Sam for another truth saying uh, get out. Brian, you got anything to say? Anything going on? Uh, nope. I'm good. That was a great time. Loved it. All right. Thanks again, Greg. You guys take care. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.